And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Happy to be back. Happy to be around these guys. Address the team. Address everybody that need to be addressed. Now it's time to move on. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday morning. We got all your Tuesday night action from the NBA right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. That's Mo Dakiel. We got Andrew Schleck pushing buttons. Don't miss the exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save by going to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Receive an all-access sub for just $3.99 a month. Coming up on today's show, Kyrie talks to the media finally. Adam Silver wants the players to get vaccinated, and the Nuggets are 500 now. But first, Mo, the Jazz cannot be stopped. Jazz 118, Pelicans 102 in Salt Lake City. Jazz win their sixth straight game. And while the Pelicans made it a game for a little while, and they maybe got a little frisky trying to trying to flirt with a comeback at one point, the Jazz were pretty much in control of this one the entire second half. Yeah, it really didn't feel like the Jazz broke much of a sweat tonight. Zach I mean besides uh maybe just worrying about Zion after that it was pretty easy night for everybody I felt like they didn't have too many concerns they got whatever shot they wanted and you know they just they just didn't have to worry about the the Pelicans tonight the Pelicans did not fly the Pelicans did not fly Uh, (laughs) Tony Montana would have been very upset as he watched TV with those Pelicans not flying but uh you know Mo I I I look at this. Hold and on, so, was that your Montana, Tony Montana? For, the, did you just do that briefly? The Pelican fly? Yeah, of course it did. Yeah, okay, okay. I just yeah, wanted right? to check. Okay, go ahead. Um, and so, I, you know, the game itself wasn't that interesting, but where the Jazz are now is very interesting to me because they, like I said, one six straight during this stretch, they're the best defensive team in basketball, um, giving up a, somewhere around like a hundred points per one hundred possessions, which is which is incredible, right? And and this is, you know, the first eight games of the season, they're kind of getting torched from three point line. And, you know, they're were, they were OK, but they didn't look like uh, like, oh, here come the jazz. Right. And now in the six game win streak, um, I'm trying to decide, like, do I think the defense is truly elite again or has just kind of been just the schedule helping them out a bit? I mean, it could be a little bit of both. You know, I, I don't just think it's on the defensive end, Zach, like they're shooting the piss out of the ball. Well, oh you God, know, they cannot as miss. A, like as a team, they're shooting like 40 something percent during this run. Yeah. And like, so you, when you add in playing good defense and never missing a shot, you, you're going to win games. You're just, you're just really far, that far out ahead. I think we're seeing things like Mike Conley looks so much more comfortable within the offense. And this was happening a little bit la- towards the end of last season, but he just looks so much more free within the offense and understands where he's supposed to go. I think you're seeing Donovan Mitchell do a good job sort of distributing and keeping everything flowing. I think, you know, they did a lot of this with Joe Ingles out. I mean, Joe Ingles has come back and he's filling the role and everything's going well. It's just right right now everything's, you know, going smoothly for the Jazz. And I, I, I think this is just who they are. I think they're just going to be a tough team. This is the team we thought they were going to be last year. Yeah, and so 
so in breaking down the six six game win streak, you know, they win in Milwaukee and that's an impressive win. I don't think you can, you know, like kind of dismiss that. That's an impressive win. And then they they're in Detroit and beat Detroit. Well, Detroit sucks. Right. right. And and so that's that's not an impressive win. They play Cleveland, who I think was missing like five of their six best players at the time. So that that wouldn't be an impressive win in the first place. And especially, you know, they blow them out by 30. They beat the Hawks when the Hawks are in a really bad spot in, as a team. Right. They were really struggling at that point. And then they go in there and beat Denver. And I don't know what to make of Denver. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, but, you know, Denver, that's still a quality win to go into Denver and beat them. And then this Pelicans team, they've kind of been you know, falling a little bit. I think they're now one in seven during their last eight games or something like that. And so again, like, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say, Oh, this is, this is just the schedule for the jazz. But I guess at the same time, like, look, if you want to be a good team, good teams beat the bad ones, right? Good teams dominate the, the, the awful teams. They beat the, the bad teams and they, you know, sometimes beat the good teams and they've done all that within the streak. Yeah. I mean, look, they're winning the games they were supposed to win. And, Let's be honest. We would be killing them, right, if they lost to Detroit or to Cleveland. Yes. You know, we'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? You lost to Cleveland when they didn't have their five best guys? Like, this is ridiculous. You know, so they're, they're doing the job they're supposed to do. They're they're winning the games they're supposed to win. And now, and in the, the toss-up ones, they're winning those. And sometimes, Zach, that can just get you on a run. And you yeah. can find good stuff in that area. And, and just having that in the bank sort of can propel you to 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 win more games as you go forward and become that good team that every, you know that that people may be like okay it's a schedule or whatever but then and they might be right but then when they play other te- good teams and all of a sudden they're rolling it's cuz they know what it took to win those other games and i think it's just kind of like a snowball building yeah that's a great point um Donovan Mitchell has been great during the stretch right which is which is good because he he started out the season pretty pretty poorly Jordan Clarkson as you mentioned one of many jazz players just shooting the lights out like he's he turned this as a team during the stretch they're they're shooting 44 percent from from three-point range on like 43 attempts a game uh Jordan Clarkson um helped them shoot 44 percent again tonight on 47 attempts he went four of nine that's in line with what he's been shooting lately uh Donovan Mitchell went four of seven uh Boyan Bogdanovich went three of eight like uh, Joe Ingles is back he, he went five of six like they are just getting so many good looks, and then it allows them to just attack however they want to. And you're seeing such a great balance attack from the Jazz and, and this Quinn Snyder offense right now. Um, they're shooting just an insane number of threes that you don't normally associate with the Jazz, but it's working. They're hitting. Uh, Donovan had 28 points, an easy 28 points. Rudy Gobert with 13 and 18 uh, to go along with with three blocks. They you know they had six double-figure scores. Jordan Clarkson had an easy 18 off the bench, right? Like, they, they're just they clicking right now. And then for the for the Pelicans um, in this Oof. loss, you know, they were hoping to <laughs> hoping to start moving towards 500 or better. And Zion was great, right? Zion, 32 points, 14 of 19 from the field, uh, five rebounds, three assists. And Brandon Ingram was not great. He had 17 points on 18 shots. And then everyone else just, again, I, I think the Jazz played good defense, but also I look at this Pelicans team, I was like, yo, they cannot make a shot. They are struggling as a team. They, I think they're the worst three-point shooting team in the league. And that says something when you have J.J. Redick on your team. Yeah. He's you been know, bad this year, right? Like, that's, he, that, he, like he's been a bad three-point shooter all season. Right. And and today he's just one of four from three, two of six for the game uh, on a whole. And I think that those are a lot of issues. To start the season, too, the Pelicans had at least – a. a we're doing a good job defensively to start the year, and that has fallen completely on its face. And they're 
one of the worst teams after if you take away the first week or two of their uh, of the season. It's it's just been brutal watching this team. And if nobody else can score, then it's like, okay, we're just going to let Zion go and guard everybody else because let's be honest, there's no way stopping Zion. I mean, he freaking ran over Derek Favors. Like I got the bruise watching that play. You know, and and and, and I just think Teams are just going to be wising up and say, hey, we're going to stop everybody else and let Zion go nuts because they don't even think he could score enough to beat them. Nuggets 119, Thunder 101 in Denver. Nikola Jokic, another big game, 27 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. Um, this one was also not much of a game. Only two games on the schedule tonight, both of them about the same amount of com- competition. And, you know, this is a Thunder team that's been it's funny, like so they fall to six and seven. Right. They've been really good away from OKC so far this season, uh, even though they dropped this one in Denver. And but they're a team where, like, you look at their record and like, oh, they're doing it again, Mo. Right. Like, oh, the scrappy right. Thunder. No, no, Chris Paul. No problem. They're here. But their net rating is one of the worst in the league. And that's usually goody, uh, a pretty good, like, predictor of what's about to happen for a team and how that season's going to go. And so, sure, the record looks good right now, but Mo, if you do believe in net rating as a predictor, things are going to get bad soon. Oh, yeah. Nobody, I think, really expected this to really last for Oklahoma City. And no offense to the Oklahoma City fans out there. I don't need any uh, messages of you guys coming to me. But this is a good thing for them. They're in a great situation, Zach. You win games, it's, hey, great, we won. You lose, it's like, great, we're improving our chances of getting a better draft pick for next year. You know, and I think that's kind of the scenario they're in. And it's all gravy in that sense. When when they win games, it's the young kids are developing. It's Lou Dort who's looking good and shooting the ball really well. It's it's yeah. You know, when they're rolling and when they win, it's usually because Shea Gilgis Alexander had an awesome game, and the, you're seeing the growth with these young guys and things like that. So, you know, I'm with you in the sense of like it was only a matter of time for that other shoe to drop, and this might be the first of many. Uh, for Denver's side of it, they have struggled defensively all season long, and they've been great offensively. They've they've struggled defensively. Their record. Uh, was not good so far for a team that's hoping to have championship aspirations. They do win to improve to seven and seven on the season, so they're back at five hundred. Um, but Mo, their net rating also because they're so good offensively, it doesn't matter how bad defensively they are. That that's predicting like, hey, they're going to go on the way up, which I think we all expected anyway. But in terms of this game, was this hey they look better defensively, or was it hey they're playing the Thunder who are having an off night? Yeah, no, I thought it was, and it's not even having an off night. They were playing the Thunder. The Thunder without Al Horford, you know, not anybody that could really guard Nikolai Jokic. And I think that's just one of those things. I think we need to see them do this against better competition. We Look, they dropped the game to the Jazz. You know, they're, they're not winning games that it's like, man, you should be pulling some of these out. And their defense is just so bad, Zach. They're pick and roll defense. They're not pulled in on the weak side a lot. Like, it's just atrocious and you know they have high expectations and if you're going to meet those you got to really improve your defense and keep the offense at the same level where you're at because your defense is only going to get worse once you get Michael Porter Jr. back yeah and it was fun like they didn't even shoot that well tonight right like 43 percent from from the field 33 percent from uh from three-point range and then they were 93 percent from the free throw line but they only got there 14 times they uh, weren't that sloppy with the ball. I mean, Jokic took care of the ball, which was good. Uh, you know, a good chunk of their turnovers happened from Will Barton. They had 14 turnovers. He had four of them. Um, they shared the ball, but you expect them to share the ball as a team. Um, so I actually think like maybe the Thunder, like 
maybe got away with one, even which is weird to say in a game they lost by eighteen. Like this could this could have been a lot could've worse been for them, right? A, a lot worse. Really, the big thing was the Thunder did not value the ball. They had nineteen turnovers, and then the Nuggets just destroyed them on the boards. Had eighteen yeah. offensive oh rebounds. Like you know, you just look at the amount of shots that both teams had. It, it, the Nuggets had 105 and the Thunder had 86. Like, you know, you're not going to win a game when there's that big of a disparity in terms of shots. Uh, Jamal Murray, just five points on 10 shots. They didn't need him to be good in this, but Mo, he has been kind of back to the pre-bubble Jamal Murray that we were used to, that we were like, yeah, he's good, right? Hopefully he picks it up in the playoffs. (laughs) Like, that's kind of been the Jamal Murray story so far. Um, He's having that kind of season again. I don't think anyone was realistically expecting him to shoot like 80% true shooting on, you know, 40 points a game like he did in the bubble. But uh, at a certain point, we'll be worried about Jamal Murray, right? Like maybe not yet. I think it's too early, especially with with these conditions. But at a certain point, we got to start wondering what the hell. It's it's not the time to worry, but it's the time to look and see what's going on. You know, uh, I think Mike D'Antoni had a great quote last season. Um, it's not the time to panic, but if you're not a little panicked, you should be worried. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I think that we have to be a little bit concerned. Maybe concerned is the right word. Not worried, but we're concerned right now with how it's going. Because, look, Jokic is putting MVP numbers up, and he doesn't have anybody else right now with him. You know, in that sense of, like, Murray hasn't played all that well. been very up and down. You know, there's no other third scorer for this team. I think it's, a, it's something that they got to figure out because with the defense, with this, and with the hopes for them thinking that they're going to be a finals contender, you're very far from it right now the way it looks. All right, but let me ask this question before we move on to the news. Do they really oh. believe they're a finals contender? No, 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 no. It's what they believed, okay? No, you I'm know, asking, do you think they actually believe it? I think I they did. I think they did. I think okay. maybe maybe before they lost Grant. You know, they thought maybe if we re-sign Grant, we're we're back to being a finals contender. Maybe maybe they didn't believe it after they lost Grant, but you know, at one point they did. No, no, they don't believe it right now. I'm telling you, they don't believe it. And then Michael Malone will use that as motivation if they do get it together and, and get to like the second or third round of the playoffs. And they'll be like, see, no one believed in us. Not really. Zach Harper on the bulletin either. board, the daily di- on the bulletin board of the the, na- down, the Nuggets. Mikey, I'm saying you don't believe in yourself right here. Put us in the Nuggets locker room. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to the news. Big news from the day. Kyrie Irving spoke to the media following his sabbatical. He expected to be back uh, in those games against Cleveland in Cleveland uh, starting on Wednesday with James Harden and Kevin Durant. Um, This is what Kyrie had to say on his time away he just said there's a lot of family and personal stuff going on. Just want to leave it at that. Asked if he knew that he violated health and safety protocol. He said, happy to be back. Happy to be around these guys. Address the team. Address everybody that needs to be addressed. Now time to move on. Um, on having a support system from the team. He said, it's been great. It's been enough to support for, it's been enough support for me to, you know, feel like they have my back. And, you know, they, that's all I can ask for. Supporting not only me, but my family. Uh, I'm a hometown kid, so when things get a little... Uh, things get a little different when you know family or personal stuff's going on that's up to me to handle that as a man but yeah I take full accountability for my absence with the guys and you know just had a conversation with one of them and move on he was asked if everything was okay he just nodded without saying anything his you know he just had his hand he had a hoodie on he has, has you know arms crossed you just kind of like like you would lay on a bed almost right with like just kind of on there on the zoom there um, so it didn't look like he was all that engaged, but he did answer the questions and I thought he answered them Mo in a way that he's supposed to. He talked about being excited about, you know, the trade for James Harden and what they could be. He, that's when he, you know, seemed to perk up a little bit and then everything else, like he was just, he answered what he needed to answer. But it's the funny thing about like the conversation from, you know, before the season of like, does he need to talk to media? This is actually all he needs to do, right? We can hope that he gives more. But on the personal stuff, like he doesn't need to tell us the personal stuff. We're just like, yo, some personal stuff. That's it. Like, I'm happy to be back with the team. And that's and it, so I'm glad that at least we got that. Even if people are going to poke fun at the at the the disposition and the posture, which I'm here for. It was funny. You know, it's kind of funny to see like you've never <laughs> seen a Zoom meeting with a player like that before. Maybe we'll see more of them. But um, but, you know, the jokes aside, like that's all he really needed to do. Yeah. And that's all I think we we've been asking from Kyrie in terms of the his going to the media nobody would have been upset if he just gave you know the cliched answers or whatever the the not really answer the question type answer and things like that I think that's just kind of him fulfilling his diligence and you know look he said his personal reasons in my business got to keep pushing from there and I think you know we're this this hopefully will be the end of this whole Kyrie not talking to the media and things like that and and we can move forward from that and Listen, man, I'm really excited to watch this team. Yeah, play. it's gonna be fun. Yeah, they've been fun the, the first couple of games with with Harden and adding Kyrie to the mix. Like it's gonna be fun. Um, he did mention at one point, look, things got a little heavy. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said things got a little heavy, and uh, you know, just had to take a step away. And I think that that's. I think we do lose track of that. Um, the collective we, not you and me, because because we're super smart and nuanced. Uh, but the collective, yeah. <laughs> the collective loses <laughs> loses track of that stuff, right? Like, yes, they play basketball for a living. Yes, they get paid. You know, he gets paid thirty four million dollars or whatever that is uh, a season. But at the same time, like, yo, if stuff gets too heavy for you. You need to take some time away from work. Like, that's okay. That's a normal work thing to do. And this is his work. Yeah, and can people stop saying like, well, at my job. 
I would have gotten fired for this or if I did this or that. You don't have the same job. Work on you your guys, you, Yeah. You, you, if you're not an NBA player, you don't have the same job as these guys. It's a different set of circumstances. So we got to right. stop with that. And if he needed a break, I'm okay with that. Because yeah, we, we saw all the mental health stuff over the years, right? And some of these guys need to have that. And I'm okay with all of that. Yeah, I, look, I'm here for the jokes about Kyrie, you know, trying to sound smarter than he is about, you know, the wor- world being flat and all the philosophy stuff and everything. I'm here for those jokes, right? But, like, at a certain point um, with this stuff, like, I think it's okay to want to take a step back. That's good. Like, yeah, I think the problem was he didn't seem to let anyone at work know. But, you know, yeah, he had yeah, a little bit that. of wiggle room with that, and it worked out. And now he's back, and we get to watch uh, hopefully some pretty compelling basketball. Adam Silver talked about the players getting vaccinated, and these were his comments. Several public health officials, and this is operating state by state right now, have suggested there would be a real public health benefit to getting some very high-profile African Americans vaccinated to demonstrate to the larger community that it is safe and effective. At the appropriate time, whenever that is, and whether that's directed federally by the NIH or CDC or ultimately state-by-state programs, we think there's real value in our players demonstrating to a broader community how important it is to get vaccinated. Anything we will do will be fully transparent and in conjunction with public health authorities, so there's no sense whatsoever there's some favoritism going on here. Only be done if public health officials determine on balance it was the right time to vaccinate our players. And so, Mo, this is obviously a very complicated situation, especially in the African-American community, especially with how, uh, you know, some medical stuff in the past has not has not exactly been on the up and up with that community. Right. And so I think there's the skepticism. Like I, if you have issues with that, like that's it's crazy to me. Like, I, I think that that's um, that like this community having the skepticism they have is reasonable and i think anyone having skepticism with the stuff is reasonable at the same time the nba was a leader in kind of getting this country like oh right there's a pandemic right the league shut down and all of a sudden we went oh shit right <laughs> like <laughs> right. oh my god like what's what's happening to this country right and everything shuts down and so it's weird that like that like once again they've got to be kind of the you know the the leaders and the pioneers in this stuff to get people on board to want to be vaccinated and to try to help clear this up um but mo this is we're also in a in a place where i'm personally okay with players getting to just go get the vaccines because we have a lot of areas where the vaccines are just being thrown away because they right. weren't distributed properly right and so it's not like oh we're at a shortage now as we are in a very complicated balance to find people find ways to get vaccinations to the people um but if these guys end up coming forward and getting it and it helps benefit the idea of like yeah we should all get vaccinated like i'm for it i don't want to force anyone to get vaccinated that isn't comfortable with that but at the same time like yeah like once again unfortunately the nba has to be the leaders here yeah i look whatever gets more people vaccinated i'm all for we all know who should get it first and if they're if we're just going to be they're not going to get it, but we're going to end up having to throw these doses away. No, 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 no. We can give those out to to other people. So if this is if the public health officials think that getting NBA players, you know, vaccinated so that it would help within the African American community, I'm all for it. There's I have no problems with anything about it. I don't trust. I don't. I don't have any mistrust of the NBA trying to jump the line or anything like that. I think they're going to go through it appropriately and get it done through public health officials. And when they give them the green light, they're going to go get vaccinated. It's kind of just that simple. And, uh, you know, 
And let's just be honest. If any of us had the opportunity to get vaccinated tomorrow, we're taking it. I'm taking it. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, have enough, I have enough people I know in the medical field who are who are trusting it, and I'm that's good enough for me. Right. I trust it. And so if somebody offered it to me tomorrow and, and I said, OK, yeah, I'm jumping in. Let's do it. You know, yeah. so I think it's uh, ultimately I just think right, we're at the point now because we've not done such a great job with the rollout. We just need to start getting it in people's arms. I'm with I'm with you on that. And I get it. Like I come from a very different background. That's that's going to be more trustworthy than stuff. But me personally, I'm just saying I trust it right now. And I didn't trust it a month ago. But uh, I'm ready. Let's get vaccinated. Let's all get vaccinated if we can. Uh, in WNBA news, the Atlanta Dream are being sold, meaning Kelly Loeffler uh, will be out of the league after clashing with her players during her campaign because felt like she said some pretty racist stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to come out and say that Kelly Loeffler said a bunch of racist stuff, but said a lot of stuff that felt racist, had a lot of stances that felt racist, and looks like she's out of the league, which obviously mean means she's probably making some money off this. But that you know, we've seen the Donald Sterling thing before, right? Two billion to get out of there, but uh, you know, get him out. Yeah, and she's listen. We have several owners who I'm sure across the board probably very similar backgrounds, but aren't as public as what she did. And again, in the league of the WNBA, that's been so pro lgbtq so, so active. Yes. On, on everything from you know black Leaders, lives matters everything yeah and they've done a the, the ladies of WNBA have done a phenomenal job with all of that it just seems it would have felt so weird going into next season having her still being a team owner that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network, the Athletic NBA show, Basketball Buds on Monday, Tampering on Tuesday, Hoops Adjacent on Wednesday, Point of Contention on Thursday, and, of course, Nerd She Wrote on Friday. Check out the Dunks every single day, House of Strauss, all the team-specific shows. Check out the Restricted Area video show with myself and Wozni Lambre on the Athletic's YouTube channel. Also find it on our socials. And uh, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash daily ding, $3.99 a month right now. Thanks for waking up with us. Stay, stay safe. Stay masked. Try to get out of everyone's way as this thing is surging. Let's all stay home as much as we can and try to get on the other side of this. And Mo, hit me with that sign-off. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.